Rubinoff, Ben Ennis, back on Monday. Santman behind the glass. Jeff as a party as well. Give them enough love here with us on a Friday. Gonna have our man Charles Davis jump on in just a second here. Jesse, before we check in Got with her. Charles. Mm-hmm. You're going to be okay without football this, this weekend. Honestly, I don't know. We got no hockey. We got no football. I mean, of course, there's the wonderful, wonderful NHL All-Star game, which you should watch all weekend long on Sportsnet and Sportsnet Plus. Like, but other than that, there's no football and there's no hockey. You're going to be okay. I know. I, I, I feel like I'm still getting adjusted to no Thursday nighters, mm. no Monday okay, nighters. I, I, I'm okay without the Thursday <laughs> That one, the Thursday nighter, I got to be honest, I, I can do it. without. Yeah, I understand that the quality is not uh, up to par. I That's just can't see them true. do that to Al over yeah. and over again. That's yeah. my problem. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. It's a tough watch sometimes. But nonetheless, man, like all, I just want more football. And mm-hmm. the fact that we're now down to just one more game and we got to wait yeah. another week for it is just crazy. Like I, I, now I fully understand why the NFL always wants to extend the season mm-hmm. and went to 17 games. Cause who would not take more football? Yeah. No, like I, well, I do wonder if there comes a time eventually where there's even more than just Thursday, Sunday and Monday. Like, well, what do you do Wednesday? Yeah, I don't. Well, th- this is where college fills in the gaps as well. That's the interesting thing though. You say like, we all want more football and we do, but like only NFL or high-end college football because like the XFL exists, the USFL exists, the CFL exists, and they do the numbers that they do. And like CFL actually much more popular than quite frankly, we give it credit for at times, especially major numbers. Yep. But that's the thing. You know, like we do want football. We do love football, but we love and want the NFL. We don't want these other leagues. Like that's the interesting thing is that there's such a demand for football and Hey, it's the exact same thing here in Toronto. There is a big demand for the Leafs. But you can go get a ticket at, at Coca-Cola Coliseum pretty easy. You go watch the Steelheads pretty easy out in Mississauga or soon to be Brampton. Like, it's just kind of the way it's always worked here. It's I, interesting. I yeah. do wonder if there's a, a direct correlation between the season extending and the fact that the, the quality at times wasn't the greatest. Yeah. And, and not just the season extending, but having the Thursday nighter as well now because that's not always the greatest quality. I do wonder if the NFL eventually hits sort of like a critical mass mm. where you're pumping too many games out there and the product actually suffers. Like, I don't think we're there yet. I still love it. Mm-hmm. I still love watching every single week. I don't think it's a worse product. Yeah. But there are many people out there that are already saying, hey, this season wasn't that great from a quality standpoint mm-hmm. and maybe it's time to dial it back a little bit. I hope that never happens. I just want more. Yeah, those same exact people, though, are sitting there itching going, where's my football? Exactly. I need it, exactly. I need it. Uh, you know who else needs some football is uh, our next guest. This Insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Very, very happy to welcome in our bud. Always happy to talk with Charles Davis. Charles, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Good to talk with you guys again. And, and I, I heard just a little bit about what you were talking about. I don't. Th- I, I agree with you, Jesse. I don't think we've hit that critical mass yet, but I do think it's something we better keep in mind. I, I really do. I do think um, there is a little bit of the absence makes the heart grow fonder and the idea of football every single night and, you know, just pumping it out. I just don't think would be good for, for anyone. Uh, I do like the idea that there's a buildup every week and, you know, we can't wait for the next game and, but it's still a few days away. And then here it is. I couldn't imagine having football, you know, just constantly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because that's what we get with basketball, baseball, hockey, 
because their seasons are a lot longer. And sometimes it feels like, eh, you know, and we totally. really don't feel that way. We, and we, you know, we love it. You know, we love hockey. We love basketball, we love baseball. But, you know, when you play 162, <laughs> it's not yeah. as vital that I get to the TV and watch this one. You know, when you're playing 17 and it's not on every night, a little bit more. So I'm, um, I hope I'm, I hope I'm following along with what you were trying to say because I really don't want to continue to pump too much more out there. Oh, for sure. And you start to wonder, man, we, we've talked about the Thursday nighter and how it's, how it's not always the, the greatest football game. And then if you move right. it even earlier in the week, I would imagine that's incredibly difficult, not only for preparation, but for the health of the players too. Like that has to be first and foremost. And you were a player, I can imagine playing on a Sunday mm-hmm. and then having to turn it around for uh, even a Thursday at this point. But, but to make that even earlier, like it just wouldn't make sense at that point because the product would suffer so extremely. I agree. The product suffers. There's too many, you know, not enough time in between games. I guess the best way to put it is we know that TV is so predominant now. I mean, it's really not hard to figure that part out, Mm. (laughs) especially if you watch college football, you know, here in the States. And we talk about Tuesday night Maction. The Mm -hmm. Mac conference is playing on Tuesday night and they get to claim Tuesday night. Have you ever turned on one of those games and seen how it and seen how it is shot? And I'm not even necessarily talking about the quality of play because yep. they are essentially playing Tuesday to Tuesday, so they're giving themselves a full week. All right, so that's not the issue. The issue is just simply you turn it on, and there are eight people there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, and and you have to shoot it so tightly, everything has to stay on the field. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a football game, and what it turned into was the Mac Tuesday night game was really a COVID game before we had COVID. Right. Because there's no one there who can go watch, right? You got to take time off from work. You got to travel. You got to do all this. Some of the families are like, love you, honey. I'm going to watch it on TV. I got to go to work on Wednesday. (laughs) Yeah, it certainly is uh, there. Uh, So looking ahead to the, to the game, we've got a lot of time to uh, think about this one as we have our, our week off here. You know, uh, who do you think has more, I guess the way I'd phrase it is at stake in this game. If I put that between Kyle Shanahan and Brock Purdy, I mean, Kyle Shanahan, this is unfair, but there'll be people who are saying, "Eh, he just can't win the big one. If he, if, if it doesn't go his way. And obviously Brock Purdy, there have been questions swirling around him for the better part of two years now of, is he a game manager? Is he better than that? Does it matter what, what you want to call him? Which of those two guys do you think kind of has more at stake in this game? Well, you start with the tough ones early. I like it. I think it's Kyle <laughs> Shanahan. <laughs> I really do. I think it's Kyle Shanahan because of part of what you said. Kyle was the offensive coordinator of that Atlanta team of twenty-eight to three against against Atlanta against uh, excuse me um, New England. All right, and then he got the San Francisco job and had some struggles early because the team was so beat up, a lot of injuries had to build up, and then they got to the Super Bowl and a ten-point lead with seven plus minutes left in the ball game. Don't hold it. Kansas city wins, you know, last year, go to Philadelphia through no fault of his own quarterback. gets hurt. <laughs> they get, they get run out of the stadium and everybody's saying, yeah, but it was Brock Purdy. It wasn't like, you know, you had, you know, that quarterback, mm-hmm. those who are critics. Now here's Purdy again, who has won a couple of tough ball games in the playoffs and gets there. I think it's much more Kyle Shanahan because he's known as the innovator. He's known as the offensive guru. The name Shanahan resonates throughout the league. He's been there multiple times, hasn't won it. Purdy, in a sense, 
I know there's criticism, and we all know that we've discussed it. But in a sense, he's playing with house money. Mm-hmm. He's Mister Irrelevant. He's got a, he's quarterbacking a Super Bowl team. Somehow he's broken through bigger than he ever should have. Even though we're a lot of people are still saying, is he the right guy? Say it if you want to. But how many last picks of the draft playing quarterback are you going to ever say? You know something? I think he's going to. I think he's going to quarterback Super Bowl team one day. Somewhere, somewhere that was never said. Okay. <laughs> Ever and here's Brock Purdy doing it. Yeah, I feel like in the in the second half is where that Mister Irrelevant chip on his shoulder really has shown up in the last two weeks. Uh, yeah. First against the, the the Packers, and then of course last week against the Lions. Uh, he's going to have an opportunity. Brock Purdy is to become just the third quarterback to ever beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. The other two being Tom Brady, of course, twice, and Joe Burrow. And I, I think it's funny, CD, that the Chiefs didn't look good all regular season pretty much, or at least not up to their yep. standard. And now they've looked like the chiefs of old the last two weeks, the 49ers on the other hand look great all year. And they've had to rely on two comebacks to get to this point. It feels like the script has been flipped a little bit here <laughs> heading into the big game. It's a, a lot more even than I would have even thought it would be maybe three weeks ago. Cause the Niners looked like the far superior team heading into the postseason. Yeah, and the Oscar for top scriptwriter goes to Jesse because I think that she nailed it. I mean, it's, it's it's right on target for what you're saying, and I love how you analyzed it because there's the enduring vision of Patrick Mahomes screaming at officials and being held back when Kadarius Tony couldn't figure out where to line up, and that play got nullified. Yeah. And I think we all talked about it at one point. I opined at the time he wasn't screaming; he was screaming at officials. Yes. He's really screaming at his team. He had hit the end of his rope. These darn receivers can't catch the ball. They don't know where to line up. And I can't scream at them on TV, so I get to scream at the officials. All right? It led him to a post game where he didn't confront uh, Josh Allen the way he should have. Had to call his friend and, and apologize instead of just congratulating Josh on a big win. You know, all those things, it took him out of character, so to speak. And then, as you noted, they put it together I've said it before. I stand by it. He's never played the position of quarterback better than he's playing it right now. I don't care that he's not throwing for 500 yards a game. He is handling it like a true veteran going to go to the hall of fame, understanding his team, understanding the situations, not taking, excuse me, taking care of the football, all the things that you want, making the big throws. He's doing it right now. It's a master class. Watch him play, flip it over. As you said, and San Francisco was just mowing people down. And then Baltimore came to town and that changed things a little bit. They still were that team, but now we could have some questions about it. And then we get into the playoffs and boy, they have to have the two comebacks that you talked about. Ultimately, I think there is a a, a intersection where both of those things have crashed together that allowed them to get there. Kansas city struggles, harden them and galvanize them to get ready for the playoffs. San Francisco's struggles lately is the best thing to me, the best thing could have ever happened to him. Because instead of being a front running quarterback like Purdy, if Purdy had been, he had to prove his bona fides in those tough situations and make those comeback wins. And now when the game gets tight, they know that they can do it. So I, I love what you said there, Jesse, absolutely. But I think that for both of them, that's worked to their advantage. And that's, well, that's mm. what's allowed them both to get to the Super Bowl. Love that.
Yeah, and I mean, you saw with the Ravens, right? I mean, they were they were in that spot last week that they hadn't been in in, in years of in tra- yeah trailing by that much. And hey, look, it's great to be front runners because it means things are going well for you. But it's the old Mike yeah. Tyson, right? Like everybody has a plan uh, <laughs> until they get until they get punched in the mouth. Uh, and you know, you say yeah, hey, hey, real, hey, real yeah, quick yeah. on that, real quick because I because I love I love what you're saying there, and and I totally agree on it. The one strange part for the Ravens is not only were they front runners, because typically when you're front runners, you know, it almost becomes, you know, it, it becomes a, a derogatory term. Mm-hmm. My college coach, Johnny Majors, used to use it all the time. You know, he used to talk about certain teams we would play, you know. Let me tell you about Ole Miss, a bunch of damn front runners. <laughs> That's all they are, front runners. If you jump on them early, they'll go away. So, you know, that sort of a thing. But, when I'm talking about front runners with Baltimore, remember the remember the stats down the stretch. They were front runners not against bad teams. Oh, they were front runners against the best, like the best teams in the league. And when we popped up, when you pop up the graphic, they were running those teams by 14, 20, 21, 20. I mean, Miami comes to town and pounds them right. Everyone they were playing, so they weren't just jumping on the bad. They were pounding really good teams, which made that Sunday against Kansas City that much more puzzling about how they played because they were never worried about pressure in good teams. They were beating up good yeah. teams and sending them home and saying, I don't think you want to do this anymore. That's what was so puzzling about that Sunday for me with Kansas, with uh, Baltimore. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. And I, I was just going to add that uh, that you're, you're right, that Patrick Mahomes, you know, we don't want him screaming at his receivers on uh, – on TV. I just wonder how many Super Bowls he needs to do that cuz the guy he's chasing uh he he used to give those receivers yeah. a pretty good tongue lashing and we all kind of loved him for it, Charles. <laughs> yeah, we did. And and you know, you know what's funny about the whole thing is how we would stack up those receivers that Tom Brady played with versus the receivers that Patrick Mahomes is playing with now. Yeah. Because you remember when Tyree when they decided to make the move as an organization to let Tyreek Hill go to Miami? and save the money, put it in the draft choice and all that. There's a lot of hand-wringing, gnashing of the teeth. Are you crazy? You're going to let Tyreek Hill go, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And, boy, it's paid off. They won a Super Bowl last year. They're in a Super Bowl this year. And, by the way, they got there because their defense led them. Who would have ever seen that coming? Okay? But they're asking Mahomes, as they asked Brady, here are the receivers. They might not be the greatest, but you're the greatest, so make it better. Mm-hmm. And he did, And Brady did. And that's what Mahomes is working on now. There was a time there when, when Brady had Randy Moss. And amazingly enough, didn't win a Super Bowl. That's when the Giants upset them. <laughs> Thanks, David the Tyree. Time Patrick Mahomes had, Ty- had Tyreek Hill. Won a Super Bowl, lost a Super Bowl with him. And now he's gone, and he's won a Super Bowl, and he's in another one. Those two are going to stand the test of time. Can he get to Brady's number? Look, that's an outrageous number. We all know that. But the young man is sure making sure he's going to be in the fight for it, isn't he? It's absolutely unbelievable because I didn't think that this group of receivers, you know, I thought that after he got got upset with the Kadarius Tony thing, I had a vision that he was in Andy Reid, Andy Reid's <laughs> office and Brett Beach, the GM's office on Monday going, okay, look, what do we do? I realize you want me to do stuff, but we can only do so much. You guys got to get some people. That's yeah. what, that's what my vision was. 
And here they are in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think a big part of that turnaround TD has been Travis Kelsey. Because you, you look at the last yeah. three weeks of the season, and he had uh, five catches for 28, five for 44, three for 16. And then in the postseason. Don't forget the Miami playoff game. Yeah, yeah. and now he's when gone. He, when, he dro- when, he drop, when he dropped three, he yeah. dropped two or three in that game. And then, he, and then against Buffalo, he had, he had five for 75. And then, of course, against the Ravens, he had 11 for 116 and broke a record uh, in the process for most, most catches. Yeah. So I mean, Jerry, Jerry Rice. Exactly. Yeah. So you, you, I think when you look at at his regular season, and there were obviously a, a lot of questions about you know his age, how quickly he was getting off the line, his ability to still get open, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned the drops. Like the drops were a massive problem for him over the course yeah. of of the season. And then even when the you mentioned the Dolphins game, you start to wonder like, well, you, you would think he would elevate his game in the postseason, but maybe that's not the case. And then he responds in a big way with the Ravens game, like how important is it for Mahomes to be able to get back to that point where in a big spot, he knows that he has his guy to rely on. Like he's been able to do for so many years to this point. Massive. And we saw it against Baltimore because it set the tone for the game. And sometimes, you know, I'm as guilty as anyone of overusing, Hey, it's a tone setter. Boy, what a, what a drive, you know, but it was in that ball game when they came right out and rolled downfield and he caught the touchdown pass, Kelsey, to put the first points on the board. And it all goes back to how they came into that game as far as I'm concerned. Sometimes we're able to look back and see things that we couldn't have seen ahead of time, meaning we weren't with Kansas City all week, right? We weren't embedded in their, in their locker room and in their meeting rooms and on their practice field. But we got a little hint of it in pregame when they had that small little kerfluffle with Justin Tucker, yeah. the kicker. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Tucker talked about later, like, I was just having some fun, but they seemed a little more serious about the whole thing. <laughs> well, that was conscious. That's absolutely conscious because I saw Travis Kelsey in that game, and you guys saw it as well. How many times did the whistle blow and he was still into it with someone? Yeah. How many times did he walk back to the huddle? And you saw 87's pads smack into someone as he went, but, oh, sorry, excuse me, didn't know you were there. (laughs) He came into the game and projected an attitude and a chip that I've not seen him play with in a while and was really deliberate about it. And Mahomes was deliberate about it. Did you watch it? Did you watch when he walked the tunnel and, and the CBS cameras had him coming down to the field? A lot of times you'll see him kind of give a wink to the camera, kind of a little little wry smile, nothing. Those two got together and said, you know something, we got to approach this differently. And my, my, my opinion on it and my theory is very simple. You mentioned the Mike Tyson. Everyone has a plan to you punch him in the mouth. Baltimore is always the bullies. Mm -hmm. That's how they go about things. And I think that Kelsey and Mahomes said, guys, we can't go against them without letting them know we're not going to take it. And they went ahead and did the punching first. And I thought that that was a very interesting part of the ball game. Yeah, it was. And, you know, it's funny, right? Like this thing happens for all great teams. And I don't think by any means they're the villains of the NFL or anything along that. But yeah. like you do go from the baby face to the to the heel a little bit slowly. And again, uh, again I love it. A little heel turn. Yeah, you for sure. Like we're, we're seeing it a little there. Uh, I, I do. Uh, I do. I do like to see that. You know, the it's funny. You mentioned Kelsey there and we talk about Brady and Mahomes and, you know, the, all the talk that's been there. And, you know, I'm I'm the first guy to say 
say, all right, let's slow down a little. You know, there's a, there's a long road between here and there, not to take away anything that Mahomes has done, but it is so yeah. interesting how they're going to kind of always be tied at the hip, not just for the fact that Mahomes is now chasing him, but at the tail end of Brady's career, he gets the two off mm-hmm. of him, uh, him yeah. or Mahomes and Kelsey break the record that Brady and Gronk held for playoff touchdown connections. Like it is just very, we don't often see this, right? Like you're a sports fan, Charles, we've had the LeBron and Michael debate a million times, but it's just yeah. a debate. It's just a fun question. Like they're ghosts. They never saw each other. Jordan retired as LeBron was entering the yeah. league. How cool is it that we did get to see it? Like we got to see the actual crossover and there is so much kind of interplay and interconnection between the two guys' legacies. I know it's it's probably the wrong thing to do. So will you guys protect me if I do get to town? Yes, I'm going to mention the Montreal. I'm going to mention the Montreal Canadiens All very right, we'll, quickly. We'll, here. we'll okay. allow it. <laughs> all right. Well, well, wait till I say it first, and oh, you let me know. Okay. <laughs> but but we but we all know about you know in their locker room the big palm from failing hands, right? With the torch. Yeah, the torch. Yeah. Right. That's what it is in sports. Now the hands aren't always failing, but there's always a torch mm-hmm. that has to be passed. And how many times have we watched in sports, pick your sport, where teams have emerged, players have emerged, but there's always the roadblock ahead of them. Can you get through them? For Mahomes, he had to get through Brady. And you remember that great playoff game that was overtime that really started the drumbeat towards both teams need to touch the ball in overtime. Because that's what really started it. The Josh Allen-Mahomes game finished it. Because the first one was, Brady got the ball in overtime, scored, and Mahomes never touched it. And everybody went, whoa, 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 what just happened here? And then next time it was Mahomes and Josh Allen. Josh Allen never touched the football, and everybody went, okay, that's it. We got to change the rules, and they did for the, for, for the playoffs. But think about all the ones. Michael Jordan didn't become Michael Jordan and the Bulls didn't become the Bulls until they finally got through Pistons, the Celtics. All right. And then the Pistons. Right, there's yep. always someone you've got to get through. The Pistons with the walk off when 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 they when the Chicago finally dusted them out mm-hmm. and they left the court so they didn't have to shake hands. Yeah, that's that's right. when you knew this thing was over, right? You remember when they got through Kevin McHale and crew and Kevin McHale grabbed Michael Jordan as they headed to Los Angeles and he shook his hand vigorously and said, "You've got to finish the job. You got to go take <laughs> on the Lakers." You know that sort of a thing. It's always like that. Pick your sport. Pick your pick your uh, people. Look at tennis, right? Djokovic yeah. coming along had to deal with Federer and Nadal, right? And now those two are finally gone, so Djokovic is the guy. So if you're Alcaraz, you've got to now deal with Djokovic in order to get your just due. Pick your sport. Pick your time. Pick your place. Pick your opponents. That's what they all have to do. That's where we are with all of these. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing. Bang on, I, nailed I, it. I, totally nailed it. Obviously, uh, I, I I don't really understand though how if Mahomes is getting to this point of his career where he's obviously in the conversation now with Brady, he's an underdog again in the Super Bowl. Yeah. When he's <laughs> he's been an underdog the last two weeks, and look what what's and happened. He's, like, and he's loving it. Yeah, and he's like, loving it. It's one thing to be uh, to go from sort of like like Gunner said the the baby face to the heel, and I and I certainly feel like there are you know there's a pretty significant portion of football fans that that are souring a bit on the Chiefs and whether it's just too much success yep. or or whatever it is, but it to happens. have Mahomes as 
an underdog going into a Super Bowl when you he's going up against <laughs> with all due respect to Brock Purdy and I love him and I love the job yeah. that he's doing and they like we said they look like the better team like to have Mahomes as an underdog what what are we doing here CD yeah that makes it, it it's it's one of the great mysteries in terms of that we know that it's built on different things like I'm not enough of a gambler totally. but I know I know I know friends who who know what they're talking about and they taught me many many moons ago it's not necessarily always who you think is the better team it's how you even out the money coming sure. into your sure. your betting parlors right so where does it go what is the line this number that everyone's going to bet where the house doesn't lose its shirt okay that's that's how it's all working out but for the average fan you're like hold it a second Brock Purdy over Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes is to go back and tell the guys, hey, fellas, we're underdogs it's in this too deal. Easy. What? Too easy. You know, and you just don't understand that part now. The flip side is there are enough 49ers that were there from the last time that are significant players that this feels like a revenge game for mm-hmm. them. Okay, up, up 10. 7.15 on the clock or 6.15 or whatever it was, and that's when Kansas City ran that third and long play, and they ran that jet chip wasp play and went for 44 yards, scored, came back, scored, won the ball game. And you remember, the 49ers had that great opportunity on the deep ball that wasn't caught, yep. and Kansas City ended up winning the game. 49ers essentially gave up a 10-point lead that would have closed them out and won the Super Bowl. 10-point lead with 6-15, 7-15 to go in the game. You're supposed to win that game. They didn't win it. So there are enough people there, still the same head coach, you know, same organization, same GM. They have that going for them, and that's going to be interesting. I love how Nick Bosa is setting the tone with the officials mm-hmm. very quickly. <laughs> what do you think of the offensive tackles for Kansas City? They hold a lot. They hold. Brilliant. Brilliant they strategy. hold, yeah. Let, <laughs> yep. Let, let, let that resonate Bill Vinovich and, and your officiating crew. They hold. And here's the best part. They've got the evidence on their side. Juwan Taylor, I think just committed a penalty right now. Right <laughs> okay. And, and Donovan Smith is no, 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 you know, he's no stranger to penalties. Yeah. I think gets six or seven on the year. So they're setting the tone early on this one. They want their pass rush to be fierce. And they're hoping that the field's not an ice skating rink as it was last year in Glendale. Yeah, that would uh, that would certainly be helpful uh, to them. Uh, Charles, thanks so much, man. Always, always enjoy our chats. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Yeah, you guys do the same. It's All Star Weekend, right? That's right. We got all the uh, all the hockey celebs up here uh, this weekend. So yeah, big big weekend in town. That's for sure. Yeah, got the get, got the skills challenges and the, and the weekend. And the last thing I'll say is, is it really an honor to be the All Star Game goalie? When no one back checks in a game, you, excellent we, point. We've had this exact conversation many times. You're always you have the pulse of uh, of this this nation always, Charles. Uh, thanks so much, man. Love, love, get young. You guys be good. Uh, there Bye-bye. he goes, Charles Davis, analyst for the NFL on CBS as well so as the good. NFL Network. That insider brought to you by Don Valley North Lexus, where you can expect excellence online and in the showroom. Visit DonValleyNorthLexus.com. Such a good point about the goalies. Yeah, it is. Oh, I actually, I I don't think I, I don't know that it brought this to air, but I actually did find the fix for all-star weekend and every team needing a representative is you pick all the stars who should be there. And then any team that does not have a rep, you send their goalie. Yes. Because who cares? Sorry. Like, sorry, Jake Ottinger. I think it's very cool that obviously... Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley think highly of you to take you so early or that it was the gentleman's agreement that we're all going to take our goalie early on so we don't forget to take them. Either or, I think that's great. 
But who cares that Jake Ottinger's there? And if you're the stars, God, the last thing you want on earth is Jake Ottinger to be there. It's like, can we send a cardboard cutout of Jake Ottinger? Yeah, you don't want him overstretching a leg. It's terrible. So I actually do think that's the fix, is that it should be the worst. Like, every team that does not actually deserve a representative, send their goalie. Should just go, just play bars. Like, go crossbar and post. <laughs> hang, a, like, hang a shirt. Yeah. What a are shirt you goalies there for? It's ridiculous. <laughs> you don't want them getting hurt. They're obviously the most prone to getting hurt in a situation like in a game like this. I actually, hmm, you it. know what I did? I figured it out. Yeah. Now, you'd have to clone him for it to work because there's only one of them. You could basically do that now. Yeah, I think. I don't, uh, there's, look, Put man. an AI Jake Ottinger in, in that. No, not Jake Ottinger. No, no, I'm not saying clone him. I think that now this is, I don't even like saying his name on air. So I will start by saying this is normally he who shall not be named, but who in this market wouldn't want to see that Zamboni driver, David Ayers getting Mm. lit up by all these NHL all-stars clone them, put one in each net, have them swimming in there. Oh, not so easy with the Carolina hurricanes in front of you anymore. eh? not so easy with the Leafs completely taking their foot off the gas, even though the Zamboni drivers in net for some reason anymore. Is it? That is actually what I would love to see again. uh, I think we need a couple more miracles of modern medicine and then we'd have to get into the ethics of, of cloning him Uh, and he'd have to, you know, like consent to the matter and all that small hurdles, small hurdles. I think that's the way to go about it. Ethics. That actually should be it. It should be whoever is public enemy number one in that all-star city at any given time, there should, they should have to play goal. Like if, if if this would have happened right after, I'm about to go with a niche Toronto reference here, but I feel like I feel like you and Azo are at least going to get this one with me. It's like if this would have been right after the chair girl fiasco. It's like let's get her in net for this weekend. Let's let the All Stars take some rips the there. One that threw the chair on the the uh, one that threw the chair on the gardener. Yeah. And it's like it was funny. Yeah. And then was in a Drake video, and then Drake's even Drake was like, okay, bad yeah. look. Let me walk that one back a little bit. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I actually would like to see that. Just whoever, whomever. Public enemy number one is in that city at any given time, get them in net. I'm, should, totally, I'm down. Like we used to as a society, and you know, I feel like it's probably for the best we don't do this anymore. We used to do the stockades, right? Like old English times where you put the head through and you got the arms there and you're throwing rotten veggies. Like, again, I don't know that we need to do that, but that type of punishment, there's something to it. And I wouldn't, I would be okay with seeing, again, you decide for yourself out there. We'd have to have a straw poll. We could have like a by-election for it. How People don't like to vote all the time, but if it was who do you hate the most, I do think a lot of people go, hmm, I have a lot of thoughts on the matter. How oh, many write-in votes do I get? Yeah, 100%. I think you're, I think you're on to something. Maybe okay. submit it to uh, the head office. Uh, Gary Bettman's having an avail at 1.30 today. Get there to could, ask yeah, just, I, I have a feeling there's questions he doesn't want to answer that are going to get asked of him today, so I feel like he'd run uh, to answer that one there. Uh, again, no football this weekend, so good time for the NHL All-Star game. I've I've thrown this out a couple of times, and I'm just going to keep going until I find someone who likes my idea. Why isn't... Now, the, NA, the NHL All-Star Weekend, good weekend because no football. And let's be honest. Like, you know, I know it's in Toronto, so I guess I can't say they're trying to kowtow to America too much, but, like, they obviously want America to pay attention to this. It should be a rivalry weekend that culminates with a outdoor game at a football cathedral. I don't care. Pick your, they've already done Notre Dame. So maybe not that one, but the idea I kept throwing out was Lambo. Like 
uh, it has to be two like sexy American teams. You'd love Bedard to be involved or something along those lines. But what if it was like rivalry weekend? Every team played their, you know, arch rival and some of these things don't work out. But then you culminate it with an outdoor game at a notable football venue. I think it'd be amazing. Now, I know, obviously, it's like the best part of this is that the Super Bowl is not going to gum any of it up because you know where it is well, well in advance. So I don't know. I suppose there's some issues of what if that team's in the conference championship, hard to set things up ahead of time. But man, I would just, I would love to see that. I'm kind of at the stage where I'm over the outdoor games because I think they've done too many. But I do think that if you combine it with a Mm. rivalry weekend type thing, that is where I would get interested. Like, I'm surprised that there isn't that, that that doesn't exist already. Well, I know they've done, and again, this is like a more of an American thing. They have done in the past, like rivalry night, like, but then, you know, it's the NHL schedule. All leagues have quirky schedules where... It's rivalry night, Leaf Sharks. Okay, sure. Like, we can find a game that was contentious once, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, that's the way it always uh, tends to work out. So, we will uh, we'll find something to do with ourselves uh, this weekend with no football. And, again, yes, uh, yeah. NHL All-Star festivities on Sportsnet and Sportsnet Plus. Now, we won't have this available to us this weekend, but I know what I'd be watching if it was. And it'd be the steroid Olympics. What? Yeah, they're coming. I'm going to tell you about it next. Fan Morning Show <laughs> with Gutting and Rubinoff on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Fan Morning Show. Frank Gunning and Jesse Rubinoff here. A little more than halfway through the show. Halfway to my, I was about to say halfway to my Friday. I'm already in my Friday. Living it, it, bud. Uh, Again, uh, not to rub salt in the wound of you rotting on the Gardner and or DVP and or, you know, the Allen, Avenue Road, Lawrence. We just named streets. You got one you want to shout out? No. no. Okay. I said no. I, I feel like I said the ones like near and dear to your heart. Avenue can get yeah, pretty tough. I thought at I times. said that one. I yeah. feel Did like you? I know yeah. that's, yeah. uh, that's yeah. your it's your domain. Uh what is my domain and all our domain? If you're a sports fan, there's no way in the world you have not had this exact conversation with your buds. Now, there's a lot of like stock conversation dudes have had with their buds. I feel like everybody has had the why can't we open a bar? Like, you know, there's a lot of that one. Yeah. But the other stock conversation is, okay, you know, like, obviously it's bad, you know, like what doping can do to your body and the ethics of sport and we want clean sport. But having said all that, how great would it be if there were people out there who didn't care what they put in their body and they said, I want to do all the steroids I can get my hands on and perform and push the peak of humanity to a place we've never seen. And it's been like the steroid games. Why can't we have it? It has been the thing bandied about forever. We might finally be getting it. Uh, Peter Thiel, group of venture capitalists. We won't dive into any of his uh, thoughts on many other things in the world, but he's doing this. They're putting together some money. They're putting together a game. So it's going to be track and field, swimming, gymnastics, weightlifting, and whew, I don't know that I actually saw this one. Combat, Combat. sports. That mm-hmm. feels... I. I got to be honest, I feel a little differently about that one than I do the first uh, four or five there. But where you're allowed performance-enhancing drugs, where are you at on this? And if it's any place other then this is the best thing ever. Me and you are about to do some combat sports. I literally think it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and I'd be more likely to watch this than I would 
the actual Olympics. Like, honestly, because I want to see, I want to see how fast humans can run, how far they can throw and how high they can jump. Yeah. And with these people being on performance enhancing drugs, I think what we once thought was possible is going to be usurped. Like you look at baseball, how many times now are we getting, you know, we're getting into the conversation. It's like, well, how amazing would it be if you could watch Barry Bonds again or yeah. Mark McGuire or Sammy Sosa, like. They made documentaries about allegedly. I that, think, yeah. <laughs> they made documentaries about uh, the Maguire Sosa yeah. summer. That was yeah. unbelievable. Oh. The chase was incredible. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as a, a teenager or a young kid, uh, watching that. And what was, a rube you were! I was, was too. Going. Yeah. These guys are so strong. Yeah. It was unbelievable to watch. And yes, you fully understand why they had to root that out of the game. Not everybody's comfortable. Yeah. Taking performance enhancing drugs, but if everybody is sort of on the same quote unquote playing field then that's great. Like the guy who started this, not Teal, but the Dr. Aaron D'Souza, he okay. said that 44% of Olympic athletes admit to using banned substance, but only 1% get caught. I don't mm. know if that's true, 100%, whatever, take it for what it's worth from the guy that's actually the doctor <laughs> that's starting this event. Yeah. But nonetheless. Uh, just for the record, a uh, grain of kosher salt for me on yeah, that one. Yeah. Nice <laughs> chunky grain of salt for me. <laughs> but nonetheless, like it, it's more it, it technically then more of a level playing field to have everybody just juicing. They have the trailer for it. And again, like I, you know, I don't know if this is true or not. I don't think anybody cares up to this point, but yeah. the guy's like, I run faster in the hundred meters than Usain Bolt. Bolt. And it's like, yeah, I saw that. guess what? I'd like to see that, you know, just cause, <laughs> just cause it doesn't ultimately matter or whatever you want. Cause again, I want to be clear. I'm about to link someone who has never had any of this stuff swirling around him, but the Josh Allen throw in that Chiefs game that ultimately Ridiculous. fell incomplete to Stephon Diggs. Should have been caught. It was, oh, yes, agreed. Come on, Stephon, squeeze it. You get your hands on it, you can catch it. Come on. That's what my dad said. You should follow those rules too. But that wasn't any less, the throw was not any less impressive because Stephon Diggs caught it. I still can think about it and go, wow, that's amazing. I don't think about it the same way as if Stephon Diggs caught it and ran in the end zone. That's a whole different thing. But I still wanted to see that throw. I want to see Josh Allen chuck the ball a of country course. mile. And I would like to see some guy who is a roided out freak run sub Usain Bolt numbers. The, I will say the combat sports I do feel pretty differently about. Like, I think that's kind of icky. But I'll also say consenting adults. And I don't know, people sign up for all kinds of things I think are crazy. So that, that one I do think is a little different. And, you know, when someone like inevitably dies in the combat sports of juiced up athletes, I don't think we're going to feel so good about that one. And this block is going to have like a slightly different tinge to it, but you want to chuck some weights around. You want to do gymnastics while you're doing steroids have at it for me. Yeah. I look, I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor. Obviously we're doing sports radio here. Well, yeah. And that's the other thing is like, of course it's bad. Of, co of course, of course it's bad for your body to do all this stuff. And I think part of the reason why we want it rooted out of other sports is that you don't want athletes to feel they have to do that to compete. And I don't know, maybe one day this becomes the real Olympics and they do feel they have to do that to compete. But I can't imagine that happening anytime soon. Yeah, I do think part of what they're hoping for, like the, I think the idea is obviously you, know, you, you want to see achievements at the, you know, see how the boundaries that mm -hmm. humans can push for sure. Yeah. But I do think there's an element of like biohacking. Like there are for supplements sure. and things that you can take that are not necessarily harmful but are just illegal when yeah. it comes to actual competitions like Olympics and that sort of thing. So I do think there's going to be an element of this where like, 
oh, this isn't actually bad for me. I can take this and look what it does to my performance. Like that, I think, is a part of it. I, what, what I actually think the motive is is that they want people to watch and they yeah, want people to care. For sure. But I do think that they're, they can learn some things from this. Like, I don't know, I take supplements. I yeah, take yeah. Like protein from time to time. Well, you're me. Different vitamins and that yeah. sort of thing. I, I, nothing that I, I think is illegal <laughs> by any stretch. But people are always looking for what they can take. Yeah to improve how they feel, their athletic performance, that sort of yeah. thing. So I do think we're going to learn some stuff from this. Uh, and hopefully there's not too much illegal, nefarious, and uh, bad stuff that's going on uh, as was, part of it. I didn't know I was doing the show with Brady Anderson yeah, over here. Yeah. I take my vitamins too, but yeah. I'm, I'm not Literally looking, just take vitamin D. I'm not looking like Popeye like you yeah. uh, <laughs> over here. So for me, this is pretty clear. 100-meter dash is like, I need to see that. That is the one. Because they're like it's impressive, but I have no context for some guy, you know, deadlifting a kajillion pound, I don't even like, what do they do? The clean and jerk? I don't know what it's called with Olympic weightlifting, but I have no context for how it's like, well, this guy lifted a thousand pounds over. So I don't know. That seems like a lot, but I've seen the world's strongest man. And like those freaks, I'm, I'm Lord knows what they're on. It's like seeing them lift boulders over their heads and yeah. throw telephone poles up yeah. in the air. So the, the strength stuff, I don't really have context for speed is easy, right? Like hundred meters. I know, well, I don't know it offhand, but we can know what the bolt record is. And we know if it's faster, you can just see it. It's the blink of an eye. I think some of these will be much more interesting and illuminating than, than others. And I do wonder also, you know, like we we come to it from a place of, you know, not casual sports fans, but casual of these sports fans, right? Like I, I won't speak for you. I'm not watching the no, Diamond right. League for, yep. for track and yep. field. But there are people who love watching track and field. There are people who care about swimming. And I wonder how they're going to feel about all this. And I'm not even talking about like your... You're like Penny Alexiak, Summer McIntosh, Katie Ledecky types who are like in the thick of it. I don't think they'll bother to care too much, but will their accomplishments, like if this is out there and it becomes more publicized at the Olympics following that, did their accomplishments feel slightly less superhuman? That'll be interesting. I, I, I think this thing would have to become so huge. I agree. Like to a comparable level yeah. in order for it to overshadow any of the achievements in any, you know, Olympic type sport like this is not going to be big enough no. at least at the beginning no no not even close like there's no chance so I don't think it it overshadows any of that uh but I I, I can't wait to watch it like honestly think about what we think like, if you like WWE yeah. like you don't think that you know there's athletes what? there that are what juicing Next or tell me it's scripted I have no idea of the world's strongest I'm not I don't want to insinuate yeah. I have no idea no, what, I'm not gonna pretend do. to know one way or another either. but we watch certain things mm -hmm. Movies, yeah. certain movie stars. What? We like to see. Oh my what's god, the world's just being opened for me. <laughs> tell me it's not au natural. You're going to tell me it's some of it's CGI exactly. next. We Jesse. like to be entertained by that sort of thing. We like to see the boundaries of humanity push, and yeah. I think that is something that will always be enticing. And if you don't like it, yeah. you don't agree with what they're doing, then don't follow it and don't watch it. There it's are, pretty simple. There are two events that this is missing. I'm sure there are many others that people would say, but we just touched on it. When people, like, unfortunately, sorry, you got a long ways to go, and not, nothing you do could really clean this up. You almost need another scandal. But then when people think steroids in sports, they go to baseball and sock and dingers. Sure. How on earth is there not a home run derby? Like, yeah. How? Yeah, and I, yeah. and again, I'm not going to pretend to know. Like, I don't want to begrudge Let me anyone. Get my direct line to Peter too. Well, right, yeah. but the other one, and again, I th this competition already exists. I'm not going to pretend to know the particulars of the testing that goes into it. But and I know you love this sport. 
Give me a long drive. Oh, yeah. Well, how good would that be? Just gripping it and ripping it. Guys with 70-inch long oh, drivers and that would be steroid necks. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be amazing. So those they hit are, it so far already that I feel like... Yeah. How much further? I don't know. Will I be shocked if they hit it 500? But that's the thing I do have context for, right? Like, again, I think that's what makes this all so impressive is if you have context for it, you go, wow, that's amazing. Happy Gilmore. He hit a 400 yard drive and it was like the craziest thing ever. And now we see that occasionally. Exactly. Like he hits it in the backyard and it goes all the way across uh, three blocks and it's nuts. Hits the woman out of the house. And now, now it's like, okay, now that just happens on Tuesday. Yeah. That's just called Tuesday on, on tour. But yeah, home run derby like we feel like we're really really missing the boat there and Agreed. it's like yeah i i uh, the problem is like no self-respecting baseball players can be like i'm on the steroid yeah. team yeah it has to be gonna... everyone that was in front of congress you basically. would think oh guys like guys who don't remember yeah maybe rafael exactly. palmero will be there and he yeah, like, won't even remember like, that he put was it in colorado too and you have like 700 oh, foot this is great all unbelievable. right now we're now we're on to something i thought the steroid olympics was good but uh if you want to throw a home run derby into the steroid <laughs> olympics i'm very very here for it uh now time for the wake and break uh presented by sports interaction your home growing sports book bet local so a lot of fun kind of odds we can uh, take a look at here at the NHL All-Star break. Some of them All-Star related, some of them not. Uh, some Leafs-related stuff. First things first. Leafs to win the Stanley Cup. I'm never going to tell you to bet that. Uh, I'd love to tell you to, but I would never, ever do it. Uh, plus 1,400. So 14 to 1 there. That's a little bit of a longer number than you typically find the Leafs at. So if you're a, if you're a believer there, uh, that's an interesting number. In terms of making the playoffs... If you are one of these people, and I've been telling you you're wrong the whole time, but if you're one of these people who thinks the Leafs are skittish to make the playoffs or they might not get in or there's a swoon coming, no is plus 600. So six to one there. Again, I'm not going to tell you to do it because I think they're going to be comfortably in. But if you are a believer that this Leafs swoon exists or that the Atlantic is going to get better, uh, there is a little bit of value to be had there. This is the interesting one. I'll get your opinion on this. Will Austin Matthews score 70 goals? Yes is plus 500, which is just a nuts number for a number that we've not seen a guy hit uh, in recent iteration of the NHL. Where are you at on that? I think he can do it. I think he can. Yeah. I think he can. And I, I actually, th- I'm a little surprised that it's that high yeah. almost, mm. which is crazy because this guy scores in incredible bunches. Yeah. And like, if I wouldn't even rule out 75, like wow. I know it's, I know it sounds absurd and it will take a, a remarkable run of health, not just mm-hmm. of production, but of health as well. Um, but taking health sort of out of it, like I, I, I don't see a reason why he would slow down. And he's such a big part of their offense yeah. too, which is not a great thing for the team and their chances. But it, without him, like it, it's in, they're in big trouble. Yeah. So they need they need that production from him. They do. Here's a couple of interesting uh, kind of parlay bets, if you will. Austin Matthews to win the Rocket and a Canadian team to win the Cup. Mm. That's four to one. That's plus four hundred. So that gives you that gives you obviously you need Matthews to win the Rocket, and that's I, I think it's going to happen. Far from a guarantee though, with Reinhardt and Eponym and yeah. the way streaky natures of that. But that gives you Canucks, Oil, Jets, Leafs. That is yeah. that's an interesting one. I I still I, I still tend to think you know a Vegas a Colorado somebody like that is going to come Long ultimately out of the West. But man, Long time since ninety three. Like yeah. imagine telling yourself at the end of November that the odds on favorite to win the Stanley Cup 
would be the Edmonton Oilers. Nuts, nuts, nuts. Insane. Like the end of November, they were 30th yeah. in the league. <laughs> it's not, it's February 2nd, and they're the favorite to, the top two favorites in the entire NHL yeah. to win the cup are two Canadian teams, the Oilers and the Canucks. Wild times. And in that vein, I'll throw one more at you. Uh, you know, Nathan McKinnon, pretty, pretty big front runner for this award. But if you think Connor McDavid's got a second half boost in him, Connor McDavid to win the Hart Trophy and the Oilers to win the Stanley Cup at plus uh, or four thousand there, so forty to one, uh, pretty pretty nice uh, number in terms of what you can see there. I like all those. Yeah, they're interesting. I do. Uh, I'm such a sucker for for futures. futures? I yeah. love 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 me a futures bet. Uh, that was the Wake and Rake presented by Sports Interaction, your homegrown sportsbook bet local. I don't think our next guest loves futures. He loves a wager. I know that much. I don't know how mu- how big he is on futures, though. Uh, we'll talk uh, to our next guest about anything and everything. Uh, he's a sucker for narratives in the NHL, and uh, he's going to be at FanFest all day today uh, with Kipper and Bourne, uh, the producer of said show, and the third man in, uh, our buddy Sam McKee, going to join us next. One hour left on Fan Morning Show with Gunning and Rubinoff on Sportsnet 590 The Fan.